Hello, everyone. Excited to launch Levicast, our first ever podcast series of Canada Community of Practice by Capital Carbon Consulting. Today, we have our first guest speaker, Shantanu Bhattacharji, who will take us through the white paper review, No Ops, The Transformation Perspective. Welcome, Shantanu. And thanks for your time today. So, thanks, Antonio. Thank you. To eliminate is to evolve. What an intriguing idea I came across when I first started reading through this white paper. Precisely, NOOP circles around the idea of complete automation. So, Shantanu, what is this white paper all about? If you can share it with our audience, I think they are also eagerly waiting for it. Sure. Thanks. Thanks for the quick outline, Antara. So, uh, this white in this white paper, we are going to discuss about a theme that is a kind of revolutionary concept which challenges the very existence of ops in the first place. So, this is the first time I've done something where a topic will gain importance with its absence rather than its presence. So what this white paper outlines is the emergence of a state-of-the-art ops, the next big thing in ops, wherein we redefine the basic thought of having ops in the first place manually. That is, ops should not be a headache for anybody. This no ops model, the evolution of restructuring operations, the way IT operations has been done so far, is to generate more values from it. So moving it from uh, a state where the complexities of managing periodic activities like maintenance, the initial responses and firefighting, the advanced trouble, and along with that, the advanced troubleshooting components like integration queues, management issues, deadlocks, all these are to be resolved programmatically and through evolved automation models. So eventually we are landing up to a model where ops is becoming more of an enabler and friend for everybody that works along with it and managing the platforms and deliverables are done on its own. So what, how does this differ from DevOps? What exactly is NoOps? That's, that's indeed a question I always get, Antara. So what exactly this whole model is all about? So traditionally, uh, what we see is that Ops has evolved from uh, what we had maybe a couple of decades ago, the centralized model of management to a decentralized model of managing. So every application now, nowadays we see has moved to a decentralized model of applications. So the apps are becoming more and more smaller. That's how the complexities of managing these applications are growing as well. In terms of a cultural blend of making applications to a performance evaluation of how these applications work and connect with each other. Everything is changing. So as we evolve in the way development was done, we have to evolve in a way where operations could be smoothly done as well. So this whole model of taking the traditional way of doing development and operations and making it to more advanced way of doing it has resulted to a place where we came across a model of hyper automation. So this operations has been so far always been considered as a piece of headache for everybody. Because if we mm -hmm. grow complexities in you know uh, the way we do development, managing those applications and the components that these applications work with is always a headache for somebody who is running the ops show. Now, 
with the advancement in the way we can do operations automation, what we have seen is that we can come across a model of entire automation pieces by pieces, use case by use case. So this whole concept talks about a state of the art where we take it to the next level, make ops more autonomous, culturally, as well as through implementations. We have to restructure this whole evaluation and maybe evolution, if I may put it, to generate ops. Ops is not nowadays to be done manually. 70 to 75% of the ops work that we do, as per all the, all the leading surveys that we see, could be done programmatically. The entire management, the entire maintenance, as well as the entire initial level of firefighting could be resolved through programmatic controls. That's where we go to a road where no ops becomes the new normal. What are the key things we have to come up with? An open mind to read this white paper? See, uh, broadly, I'll catalog this in three main pools. So any, anybody who is uh, reading out this white paper should jot down these points and make uh, three buckets of how they transform their whole system and what are the key takeaways from this white paper. Number one is have a clear picture of your IT architecture. If it is not built to evolve, you have to start building it right now. If your systems are not fluidic, if your architectures are not fluidic, you have to start evolving it now because the requirement of the whole applications these days make it a mandate for every architect to make their whole solution extendable. So if you need to evolve it to the next level, you have to build a fluidic IT architecture and have a very clear picture of it. The second thing is about this crafting that we speak of, transforming these applications and transforming this process. See, crafting is an art. You just can't fork capabilities from multiple tools and multiple use cases and build a masterpiece out of it. You have to craft the capabilities yourself as per your use case. So this takes multiple iterations and improvement, knowing the pools of failure that you will develop and you will eventually come up with a lot of error use cases. So they are to be refined and fine-tuned based on the kind of pools you built. So this whole craft is gonna be a masterpiece for you and that's where you build up your whole UBP. And this is a term that I have been using off late a lot, the unique bragworthy proposition. If you do not build your whole system to be bragworthy enough that you cannot showcase to the rest of the world what you have built, you have not built a state of the art operation system or maybe anything. So you have to craft it that way. And the last part where I get a lot of generic naysayers that we don't have a mindset to accept failure. Let's be honest. That's With right. any transformation we seek, we have to be open to failure because transformations, initial blocks are always failure. And those are going to be you know, the standard to build something great, something marvelous. So you have to try something new, which is bound to fail. But when you overcome this failure, that's when you create a masterpiece. So these are the three main pools. You have to define your use cases. You have to define your current state. You have to do the entire discovery of what you want to do. And then think in a way where no ops fits your whole business goal. So this is what I'll uh, kind of recircle back as a key takeaway for anybody who is going into this white paper. And I couldn't agree more. So would you like to walk us through the basic principles 
that we are going to discuss certainly so uh, uh the key point i keep on re- reiterating is ops should not be treated as a headache for anybody it's it's you know uh, the business goal the it goal to make ops much more a better friend to the whole development agility that today you are doing it has to be an enabler it has to build out a value that you seek and that's what should be the first point you have to think as a open mind before you start thinking of a model to build new ops with your systems so first point is this be clear and have a open mind to experiment now when we talk about the mindset that is certainly a lot of uh, that has been a major focus for my whole white paper is bringing automation and autonomous culture within the teams what i have seen is that there is a huge reluctance amongst the people it could be because of you know the fear of losing jobs or maybe the fear of getting replaced by something first things first the tools are your friend think it believe in it if they take out the time to make your lives easier that segment of your time should be invested in making something better you should not be doing mundane work every now and then which ops makes you do if you do not have a friendly ops management set up in place so have that open mindset that you are going to build it you can drive it and you have to believe in it it's made to simplify your life once you have this clear frame of mind you will see that the entire ops team who has been building up and setting up all these processes will become much more open in experimenting and talking to you about the failures they see day in day out and that's what you will have to embrace as well nowadays platform agnostic development is common we have decentralized scaling we have a lot of growth efficacy factors and resiliency that we see the reliability pillars so all these are broad terms but the nitigities of each and everything are only known to the people on the floor the ones who are actually fighting your use cases day in day out so when they come up with this whole openness and share you the use cases that you will have to work on that's where you start building up a culture of continuous innovation continuous innovation is the new norm with the rapid acceleration and adoption to new tech you know it's it's indeed very difficult to templateize a blueprint of of success the data architectures continuously keep on changing the integration models that was the state of the art today will evolve tomorrow the workflows the connections the pools of deadlocks the way we are managing logs observability everything keeps on changing every minute now if you have to evolve to something better the use cases that you define today may not be a best use case tomorrow so you will have to be open to how exactly you can go to a place where a specific task that you intended to do today will not be done by you not only tomorrow it should not be catered by you any point in time in life the systems should be so good that it has the models through ai ops or through a lot of ai ml models that we see it has the capability to self educate itself and bring out the best outcome that it desires so that's what you have to implement you have to make the systems so good enough that it can teach on its own and then and then only you can walk away from that application without bothering it going down you see all these models all the simulated use cases that you hear of the buzzwords like chaos engineering attack vector simulation they all help you in refining the state of the art models a lot of good companies like netflix facebook they have been doing it 
very aggressively these days. Why do they do it? Because they wanted to evolve where they were. They did not have a plan to experience something and then react. Everything that we do right now in ops is more about taking us from a reactive model to kind of proactive model. But the actual transformation we seek is not the kind of proactive model. It's the advanced predictive models. Now, if you kind of have a limitation of having a human brain in between proactive to predictive, that's where you are building up kind of a choke point. You have to take first step and make it to a hyper proactive model. But beyond that, you will have to start building up your own simulations, own use cases and take it to the machines where they can teach them and build up the hyper-predictive model. That's when they will start doing everything on their own, identifying the use cases on its own through the observability constructs that you have, through the proper monitoring channels that you build. And basis that, you eventually grow. So in short, it grows organically with you, your team, your thoughts, and your requirements. Agreed. And I, if I may, it all boils down to mindset and, of course, organic development. Indeed, because, uh, you know, the reason I keep on uh, repeating myself again and again on it, I've seen a lot of good FSOs or maybe a lot of good high-tech companies having the capability to do better things, but they are kind of not constrained with the technology or the tools or the way these tools are to be implemented. They are kind of constrained with the people who actually are on the floor, reluctant to be happy about that transformation. If we make that cultural blend very clear that these are just going to make your life easier and make you better, make you more productive to do something more beneficial out of the work that you want to do, they will come up with all these mindset of uh, building up the use cases, the simulations, and making these things to the state of the art uh, craft that they are meant for. So if that part is catered, rest all will just follow up. That's the only choke point where we are kind of taking a step back and not properly putting up our use cases to take the full throttle. If we have a clarity that this is going to be the nirvana point where your teams are very confident in letting off the roles and the accountabilities they have been doing so far over a couple of decades and going to something bigger, some bigger purpose, they will open up about the complexities or the challenges they have done a lot of times manually or through some jugar, the Indian way of doing it. But they will eventually go into a mind where they know that maybe this implementation can take some of your days or nights off now, but once properly done, they will be freed up to build something better than what they're doing right now. That's gonna make, uh, you know, it's, it's not gonna be a leap of faith. It's gonna be the continuous tactical way of moving ahead with ops. Thank you. And I think um, our audience are able to uh, relate to whatever we just discussed. And lastly, before I let you go, Shantanu, what would be a takeaway for someone who wants to explore more on NOOPS? So there are, again, multiple segments to it. If you have a gap in the, in the way you see tools, that could be mitigated. So the way 
so if, if I may put it that way, there is no difference between how your tools act with the DevOps implemented model versus if you want to move to an ops model of doing operations. Second is more about how you take care of the secondary and tertiary you know, uh, complexities like applications, integrations, validating the workflows, all these things are doable very easily because you own it, you just have to think through it. The main part which you have to sit back and relax and think is that are you okay to invest and brainstorm the whole evolution in a way which is gonna make you and your life, your team's life much easier. If yes, start going back to the board keep the tools and the whole processes aside. They will eventually come up, but think through the pain points you have. You want your team's velocity and everything to go up. Make out those points as a use case. Start doing it on, on your own. You have been doing it. So if I may put it a decade uh, back, if I go uh, to 20, uh, 2005 or 2006, we have completely eliminated the way you we used to do housekeeping of server monitoring those all things yeah. were properly documented and now these are some you know standard practices every company follows they have a proper checklist they have implemented a lot of automation guardrails and they have done it very successfully why have they done it they have done it because they understood that there are some mundane activities where the teams should not invest their time that was a transformation indeed now it's more about the other part of ops it's a transformation the time seeks. If you do not do it right now, if you do not go towards the path of seeking that no ops model, very soon in the next five to seven years, I may be a bit lenient on the time scale, but I'm seeing the way applications are getting transformed. Uh, the way applications, one monolith is getting decomposed to millions of microservices these days. It's, it's becoming so complex that you will eventually have to go to that model if not today, five years down the line. And I don't want anybody to be in a place where after five years, they are without any choice. Right now you have the choice, you have the free room to think and make it much better. That's the place you have to start thinking again. And once you start doing it, you will go back to this white paper again. You will see that a lot of constructs I've put on this white paper will make much better sense in your use case rather than being a generic one. Thanks, Shantanu. That was a great insight. And I think we will end our session today here and allow our audience to go back, uh, think and come back and read the paper again and leave their feedback below. And stay tuned for our next podcast series on the next white paper. Thanks, Shantanu, for your time today. Thank you, Antara. Thank you for having me. Thank you.